First Baptist Athens offers this podcast of devotions for Lent. Today's devotion is offered by Ryan Bratton. It is based on the story in Genesis 39, 7-23, when Joseph is tempted by Potiphar's wife. The scripture is read from the message. The devotion begins with music provided by Sarah Delbane, playing What Wondrous Love Is This Arranged for Flute. Lay aside everything else for the next few minutes. Allow the music to settle your soul, making space to listen for God. Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. As he went on, his master's wife became infatuated with Joseph and one day said, sleep with me. He wouldn't do it. He said to his master's wife, look, with me here, my master doesn't give a second thought to anything that goes on here. He's put me in charge of everything he owns. He treats me as an equal. The only thing he hasn't turned over to me is you. You're his wife, after all. How could I violate his trust and sin against God? She pestered him day after day after day, but he stood his ground. He refused to go to bed with her. On one of these days, he came to the house to do his work, and none of the household servants happened to be there. She grabbed him by his cloak, saying, Sleep with me. He left his coat in her hand and ran out of the house. When she realized that he had left his coat in her hand and run outside, she called to her house servants, Look, this Hebrew shows up, and before you know it, he's trying to seduce us. He tried to make love to me, but I yelled as loud as I could. With all my yelling and screaming, he left his coat beside me here and ran outside. 
She kept his coat right there until his master came home. She told him the same story. She said, the Hebrew slave, the one you brought to us, came after me and tried to use me for his plaything. When I yelled and screamed, he left his coat with me and ran outside. When his master heard his wife's story, telling him, these are the things your slave did to me, he was furious. Joseph's master took him and threw him into the jail where the king's prisoners were locked up. But there in jail, God was still with Joseph. He reached out in kindness to him. He put him on good terms with the head jailer. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. He ended up managing the whole operation. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign, never even checked on him, because God was with him. Whatever he did, God made sure it worked out for the best. This passage from Genesis 39 is just one of the many stories of Joseph, which show the power of faith, especially in trying times. I love the whole narrative of Joseph's journey, partly because my church youth group back in Asheville put on a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I was only in middle school at the time and had a a small part, but the musical helped bring the stories back to life for me, and I could see them unfold in real time. This passage is a particularly interesting account for several reasons. Although we may not have experienced a situation exactly like this, I think there are several themes embedded into it which are relatable to many. Perhaps the most obvious of these is the temptation theme. Now, the passage doesn't explicitly state whether or not Joseph was actually tempted by Potiphar's wife, only that he was refusing her offer for moral reasons. As a youth, I had interpreted this scene less as a narrative of temptation. In fact, I didn't picture either one of them really being interested in lying together. Instead, I saw it as Potiphar's wife having a distaste for Joseph, wanting to get rid of him one way or another and then ultimately creating the scenario to get him into trouble with Potiphar. The other popular interpretation does include temptation, and perhaps a little more nuance added with the complexity of human emotions like jealousy and frustration. However, I think both of these ways of thinking lead us to a more specific theme, which is that of manipulation. We can clearly identify that the outcome of this was brought about by the manipulation of both Potiphar and Joseph by Potiphar's wife. I want to dive more into the manipulation in the first part of this account because I think it is unfortunately a common factor in human relationships, and in my opinion, one that is more difficult to deal with than temptation. There are several places we can look at to find signs of manipulation, but there are two specific spots I want to address. The first and more obvious one is when she straightforwardly says that Joseph came on to her with the intent to lie with her, resulting in her refusal, crying out, and him fleeing the scene. Of course, you and I know that this is almost a complete reversal of the true account, but the confidence and matter-of-factness with which she makes this claim is hard to argue against, especially given her possession of his cloak as evidence. It's hard to picture this without thinking that it's a perfect example of alternative facts in action. From our perspective, it's easy to see that we need to hear the other side of the story. But given the emotions that result from an accusation of this nature and the power dynamic of the situation, the reaction of Potiphar is actually very human, in my opinion. 
This leads me to the other, more subtle version of manipulation which Potiphar's wife uses. Perhaps more effective than her alternate facts is her presentation of the facts. Immediately after his final refusal, she instantly, and not so subtly, defers responsibility by first reminding the members of the household that it was Potiphar himself who brought in Joseph, even adding that he was a Hebrew, tying in the associated stereotypes they hold of Hebrews, perhaps even as untrustworthy or malicious in this case. And the part that gets me the most here is in verse 19, when she tells Potiphar that this is the way his servant treated her. Not only does this paint her as a victim, but it places the blame both on Joseph for the episode and Potiphar for bringing in Joseph in the first place. This makes Potiphar feel guilty to a degree, which is a factor in how he decides to deal with Joseph. Now I include all of this to say that we should denounce the tactics Potiphar's wife employed while also keeping an eye out for how they could be used against us. But I also want to highlight the reactions that happen after this encounter. As I said earlier, Potiphar's reaction was certainly a human one, quick to anger, resulting in a swift yet misguided action. I want you to think of scenarios where you may have reacted in a similar way, perhaps even finding out later that it was unwarranted. How might you react differently in the future, even when it is hard to discern right from wrong? Now we can turn to Joseph's reaction. He does flee the scene, but is eventually taken and put in jail. We don't exactly see his emotions here, but I would imagine he was certainly frustrated because he had done nothing wrong, yet was punished severely. I'm sure this is something we've all experienced at some point. It's easy to get defensive and want to retaliate in some way when we know we are wrongly accused. But Joseph's reaction beyond this initial frustration is one of patience in making the most of the situation. That's a cliche, but one that is still a valuable lesson. And Joseph was rewarded for this patience, with God showing steadfast love and giving him favor in the sight of his jailer. Certainly, this patient, controlled reaction is easier said than done, but something to strive for nevertheless. As you go about the rest of your week, Consider how you might cling to faith in times where you experience frustration or are treated unfairly. How will you respond to challenging circumstances in a way that is both graceful and merciful? Dear God, help us to always be thinking of how our actions affect others and how we can respond with patience in trying times. May we always trust in your plan for us. Amen. <laughs>